I was dating someone that I loved very, very much, uh, my first love, and him and his friends were very into going to strip clubs. So me being the cool chick uh, took on the story of, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I trust him as long as he's communicating it to me. Therefore, it's fine. And I know 100% for myself, I was not okay with it. One of the other things that, you know, this cool girl is also like, I'm going to be easy breezy with what what this individual or this male is seeking. And one of them is casual relationships. And, and I'm speaking for myself here. I'm not easy breezy when it comes to casual relationships. I am not. We are so grateful for you pressing play today on Soul Talks podcast with Sarah and Julie. We created this podcast for women seeking heart-centered soul love, just like ourselves. We're obsessed with helping you shift the way that you date and attract love. If you're looking to massively uplevel your love life, then you have come to the right place. Each episode is an exploration of our inner selves through the lens of love and relationship with spiritual lessons along the way. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of love and relationship development to help you seek, be, and attract healthy conscious relationships. So in today's episode, we're actually going to highlight an avatar of a type of a woman that I know I've been guilty of participating in and playing in because it goes along of a fantasy that women have been subjected to through movies, through how to be in society. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the cool chick. So for you, Sarah, where or when have you been the cool chick? Let's hear some stories about your experience for yourself showing up as the cool chick? Mm. It's been implanted in me for a very long time. And my brothers, it started with my brothers, to be honest. I played football in the streets with them. I didn't, was a tomboy. I masked a lot of my femininity and it goes really deep. I remember even when my boobs started when I went through puberty, I would tape down my boobs. I went through a day where I was taping down my boobs and it goes that far, but the emotional and the behavior of how I was showing up was you do what the boys want to do. You go and you play footballs on the street, you go and you dress like them. And one of the earliest memories that I can remember, I was in high school, but this one really sticks out to me. I was a freshman and he was a sophomore. And I remember this guy that I had a crush on in high school. He had eyes on another girl. And I felt so invisible most of my life. And in high school, I felt incredibly invisible. And I wanted his attention. I wanted to get so much of his attention that I started noticing his style of how he would dress. He used to wear Converse, a bit of like the skinny jean style and those studded belts, like those little rockabilly belts. Mm. And I remember seeing him wear a lot of red. And so I completely changed my style so that I can get noticed by him. And I changed my style and particularly my shoes because in the back of my mind, I wanted him to at least have him see me and point out my shoes and be like, 
those are cool shoes. This was all in my mind, uh, just the back running on how I needed to be this cool chick just to stand out. So changing my appearance, changing my style, changing entirely who I am on the inside to just get attention or to impress this guy. What about you? Mine, I know, again, extinctly, it's showing up in my very first relationship. I was in my late teens. And yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm actually feeling it right now of, oh man, I wish I could go back and tell that um, adolescent self that you don't need to be this girl that's okay with it. So I was dating someone that I loved very, very much, uh, my first love, and him and his friends were very into going to strip clubs. So me being the cool chick uh, took on the story of, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I trust him as long as he's communicating it to me. Therefore, it's fine. And I know 100% for myself, I was not okay with it. But I wanted to play the role of, I didn't want to be that nagging girlfriend. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to uh, show up like it didn't bother me. And it was a non-issue. Um, but it caused me significant anxiety. And a lot of times, if he was out with friends immediately, I assumed that they would be going to strip clubs. And now knowing, looking back and knowing circumstances of that relationship, was it uh, any, was there things going on? Most likely. Reality is there probably was. I know myself, I was never <laughs> entering a space where I was putting myself in a circumstance to be around an environment like that. And I was doing that out of respect for our relationship and, and that individual um, where I ultimately was not getting that back, but I was, I was pretending. So the cool chick shows up like that for me personally is this pretending that I'm okay. Pretending I'm okay with your behavior uh, when I'm clearly not okay with it. And then it builds up the resentment. And it comes out in different ways. So, you know, that's like a very strong one that stands out for me. Um, and and for sure, there's other moments where um, I've had relationships where I try to be okay with circumstances or uh, people's behavior when I know it's it's not aligning to what I actually am desiring. And, and I think that's one thing. If we look at uh, the cool check, it's like, the cool, we don't want to be the cool chick anymore. We want to be our ourselves and we want to be able to lean into those parts of ourselves and not have to mask them. And part of being the cool chick is cool chick is I'm not, I'm gonna voice what I'm not okay with. And I'm I'm gonna ask very clearly for what I want in a relationship. And if you can't meet that, then I have I have to choose whether I can continue or not. And I think for me. If I would have gone back in time, I would have actually asked that. I'm not actually okay with this behavior. So you have a choice here. Either you continue to go to strip clubs with your friends or you choose not to. But whatever your choice is, it's then going to lead me to then have to move in a different direction. Because if you're going to say, no, I'm not okay, most likely I would have got the response is, it's not a big deal. Why are you overreacting? Where I should have been able to stand in my power and said, and I'm not okay with that. So now I'm going to leave this relationship and I will seek a relationship 
where my needs are met and respected. So good. You reminded me of, I have some notes over here and there's a difference between being curious and having an interest in what your partner is interested in versus molding and shape-shifting and chameleoning to appease and to, it's a pick me girl. It's a pick me girl. Please pick me because I'm so cool and I have all of these interests like you versus you're embodying this persona of a male fantasy. And after doing a bit of research, there's in Transformers, Megan Fox, like the hot, one of the most gorgeous women on the planet. She opens up the hood of the car and is like, oh, this and this, and these are all the things. I don't even know. I can't even describe it, but these are all the things in, in the engine. And this, this cool chick is also personified as high level, like gorgeous can, can smash her face with like a burger and hot dogs and not gain weight. And it's just this male fantasy that we've bought into and we've lost ourselves along the way. Yeah. Losing yourself. I mean, that's an indicator. If anyone's even trying to decide, Hey, am I, am I acting as the cool chick? The biggest thing and that red flag for yourself is, am I losing who I am? And that's, that's where we can actually then dive in and say, why am I doing that? Mm-hmm. What is, what is driving me to move farther away from who I am and what I desire in order to meet the needs and expectations or this fantasy of someone else? Why would I do that? Exactly. There have been a couple of things recently in my life where I've been tested. Am I going to go back to the cool chick? And one guy was like, do you like football? I actually sat and thought about it because I have all this history with my brothers watching football and I had to check in with myself. Do I really like football? No, I don't. I don't at all. There's too many stops. It's boring. It it doesn't, I do enjoy sports, but it's not something that I enjoy doing. And one of my girlfriends, she described this so on point and she was like, this guy asked me to watch football. Same, same story. This guy asked me to watch football. And she's like, I don't want to spend my time on a Sunday. I would rather do so many different things on a Sunday morning than watch football. And I thought, yeah, that's it. And then another recent one was, do you play golf? I'm like, no, I don't play golf. Check in with self. Do I have an interest in learning golf? Not really. Do I want to go to play golf? on the first date with you because I'm trying to impress you? Or am I going to do that later in the relationship when we built intimacy and trust and now I'm starting to enjoy you and now take on your interests? I think there's a difference in that versus the pleasing and chameleon versus I'm getting to know you and now I want to partake in your interests because I enjoy spending time with you. I want to open up my palette to what you're interested in. There's a different energy behind it. Yeah, definitely. I, I fully appreciate. It. I've had long-term relationships where we were two, three years in, and both of us are actively seeking to find something that we both can do together. Uh, and you know, golf is a great example. I was open up to golf from an ex-boyfriend, but it wasn't something that was early on in our relationship. He did it and loved it. And he introduced it to me probably again, like two years in, I tried it and decided, yeah, I actually do like this. And it's something we can do together. Like that's very different. Um, One of the other things that, you know, this cool girl is 
also like, I'm going to be easy breezy with what, what this individual or this male is seeking. And one of them is casual relationships. And, and I'm speaking for myself here. I'm not easy breezy when it comes to casual relationships. I am not. I am someone that desires deep connection and someone that desires long-term relationships. So if someone's asking for a casual relationship, I have for sure. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool with that, of course. And guess what? I'm not. It it destroys me. Um, When I engage in a casual relationship, it completely sets me back in many ways in my life. And it causes me distress, emotional distress. And, and this sort of, is he going to reach out? When's he going to reach out? And and I'm altering my plans in order to meet his needs and expectations. I'm not okay with that. And uh, this is a lesson that I'm also learning today, um, where I have engaged in some casual relationships over the last year. And I've clearly had to identify for myself, I can't do that. That is so not who I am and who I'm also desiring. So I'm attracting back someone uh, that is also okay with a casual relationship if I'm if I'm engaging in it. And I had to set that boundary for myself. And for me, what really allowed me to do that is I did some inner child work. I really reflected on this inner little Julie, is she looking for someone that's going to show up casually for her? No, she's desiring people in her life to have true consistency and to be so dependable and to know that they're always going to be there to love and support her. Those are all things that a casual relationship will not give little Julie. So for me, my commitment has to be to no longer engage in casual relationships because I'm then not providing little Julie all the things that she is at most desiring, which is that strong consistency, the commitment, the dependability, the full support. So so I can at moments desire it because I'm lonely or I'm desiring a short-term connection, but immediately that's when I go into Uh, reconnecting with my inner child to remind her that she gets to have so much more than just a short-term interaction with someone and to be patient and to wait and sit in sometimes the discomfort. Everything that you said on the last piece is so authentic in your core needs and wants right now. It's so authentic to you. And in authenticity, when we're that cool chick, there's you said moving around the schedule. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of moving around the schedule, bouncing up, springing up to move things around. You're putting your life on the back burner and you're extremely accommodating to things. This flexibility. I remember one of my clients, she moved one of our calls to go on a date with a guy. And she said it was the only time that they were playing the show. And, but I asked her, what is your priority? What is what's really important for you. And so I ended up moving it that one time, you know, I gave her the opportunity to reflect on what are you moving around and why are you moving things around? You know, you're investing a lot into these coaching calls you're showing up. So what is it that you're moving around to go to a musical on a date? And there's no judgment about it. It's just 
waking us up to the cool chick girl, the cool chick on this flexibility on how she moves through life. And so there is though, the cool girl doesn't want to be seen as high maintenance. So by not being high maintenance and being the cool chick, high maintenance essentially means that we have needs and wants and values. That's really what that is. This is this term that's gotten thrown on to women, empowered women, that we are high maintenance because we have an opinion about something. And Julie, you have so much to say here. I can feel it. What's showing up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the word high maintenance. It and Triggering is not the right word. It activates me because I've been called that for a long time. And more recently, and, and again, not always from people that I'm in relationships. It's usually people that are looking within my relationship and they'll say, you are so high maintenance. And I can recall very strongly entering a relationship and a couple of that male's friends indicated that, are you sure you want to get in a relationship with her? She's very high maintenance. Wow. <laughs> it Oh, it angered me. It truly did anger me. And again, that was four years ago. So I hadn't really moved into the level of inner work that I have done now. Um, and on the surface, I got angry because I was really actually just looking at it as that lens of high maintenance, meaning I need you to buy me things. I need you to provide me a luxurious lifestyle. Um, I need you to court me. Um, which honestly, it now I know high maintenance has nothing to do with that. It, high maintenance for me in a relationship is that I have expectations for you and our relationship. And you, I am going to ensure that you meet those expectations. I am going to ensure that you are emotionally available and you are emotionally showing up and supporting and providing and protecting um, and communicating with me. But you're also doing it for yourself too. And that when I identify something that is offset in our relationship or concern, that you are open to receiving that information. And then you're open to deciding what you're going to do to work on that or address that. To me, that's high maintenance. And it's exactly what you're saying is that that is someone that is of high value and a man that sees, an, a, sees a female as high maintenance indicator, they are not high value. Because a man that sees a woman that has expectations and is expecting a high quality relationship and they see that, that is something that they also want because they know that that woman is going to show up as themselves and they're going to show up and commit fully to them and their relationship, and their life together. And they're not threatened by it. So now I can look back on that and say, oh, so interesting how these people viewed me as high maintenance when it was actually an indicator of where they are themselves in their own journey. And clearly they were not operating on the same level as me and that they probably were in relationships where they weren't showing up 100% and providing everything that they should be providing in their relationship for their partner. And if their partner was going to push them to meet those high expectations, they wouldn't be able to deliver. I find this especially true in relationships where 
if someone is constantly growing and changing and evolving and changing their standards, checking in with themselves, what do I want for myself? What are my goals this year? That's a lot of upkeep for the casual guy. So that casual guy is going to tell you that you're high maintenance, but with a guy, a conscious guy that's aware and really wants to grow, he's going to see that as it being amazing because you're evolving together. This is the conscious relationship. You're evolving together. So the idea that you're high maintenance, when I actually reflect on this word, what's high maintenance to me is the fact that I actually want to change a bit of the perspective on the word high maintenance, because when I look back on my relationships, what I feel was high maintenance was being with someone, this was my wounds at the time, being with someone that needed to emotionally dump on me, (laughs) that didn't have the tools, that wasn't able to emotionally regulate themselves. To me, that's high maintenance because there's things internally that they need to work on. It's not the needs and the wants that are high maintenance. If this person was like, hey, this is what I need. This is what I want. I'm available for you. What felt high maintenance for me was the constant fixing, the constant, you know, bending over backwards that felt high maintenance to me, constantly attuning to that person that felt like so much maintenance. (laughs) And it comes back again, like the cool chick would be the chick that holds back and um, doesn't act as though she's too much. Where if you're really showing up in your authentic self and you're not trying to be the cool chick, you are able to stand strong. And if you think I'm too much, then here's the door. And I know, again, it always comes back to my inner wounding. For me, why I felt so activated by someone saying you're high high maintenance is because that was a message that I received in my childhood is you're too much. You're too much to handle. My emotions were too much to handle. My desire for certain things when I was a child was too much to handle. And that was the message I was receiving from my male figure, my father. Uh, So, so interesting how I then got very, I got labeled in my teens and twenties as high maintenance because I was continuing to show up from the outside, probably as too much someone that was desiring more. And it wasn't until more recently when I've dived into that, I've been able to move out of this story of Julie being too much to handle. And finally understanding that Julie, Julie was always the right amount. It was the people that were around Julie that didn't have the capacity. They didn't have the level of um, energy and space that Julie had. And that was a gift that Julie was too much. And it was Julie's too muchness was, was too triggering for other people because then they would have to face their own stuff, face their shortcomings. And so if I ever encounter someone that sees me as too much high maintenance, I'm going to step into the authentic me and say, if I'm too much, it's time for this relationship to end. Here's the door. The underlying message in that too much is suppress what you are wanting, suppress who you are, suppress the most basic emotional needs. That's the cool chick. Suppress what you're needing and wanting and let that be okay because 
that's how it's going to be. That's how the guy's going to want to be with you. That's how the guy's going to want to accept you. You're going to be this shell of a person that's pleasing someone that are you really interested in him? Or are you interested in the hook of the game of that, of needing to morph to attract this person? So the cool girl also changes her values. She can even change her style. She can change what she's interested in. And I feel this is so true. If anyone identifies as codependent, I am a recovering codependent and will continuously be that. And we shapeshift, we mold, and it takes effort and energy to come back and sink into our authentic selves and our authentic truths. And you know who I find, if we can use the word cool around here, do you know, and let that be an individuality thing. I find people that are cool, that are themselves. They they are individuals. They bring something to the table that is so beautiful and that they discovered about themselves that is unique to them. To me, that's awesome. That's freaking cool. And that's what makes us all unique. Like that's amazing. <laughs> that's unique. Definitely. And the cool chicken, it doesn't have to just always be romantic relationships. Let's, you know, look at it too. Sometimes in friendships, we want to be cool. So we don't actually say what we're really thinking when we're in friend groups. We're trying to just go with the flow. Um, that's that's pretty common that we we're again, we're not trying to upset anybody uh, when we're in that cool girl era. So I know, you know, we're we're giving so much information around what does the cool chick look like? How does she act? How does she behave when she's in a romantic relationship? And the biggest message that I can indicate today is start questioning and being curious about that for yourself. Am I showing up as the cool girl and why am I doing that? What is some of my inner wounding that's that's still present? because that's that's a way out of it. And it's not about us changing behavior. It's first about us also understanding what's behind our behavior. What's behind our story about this? And as you know Sarah had shared, I'm sharing, you know, it brings us back to childhood and um, our inner wounds. So for me, that's been a gift to reconnect with my inner child. And finally see her as just this beautiful being that does not have to alter herself. So it's coming back to who she is and letting her be her. And this is today's soul lesson. Don't be the cool chick. <laughs> Don't be the cool chick. Be authentically you. Find what it is that you enjoy. Or if you know what you enjoy already, double down on that. Right? The cool chick, we want to ditch that. We want to really understand our needs and our wants and not be afraid to take up space for wanting those things, despite what people say about you. Gold digger, high maintenance, you're too much, you're too sensitive. All of this is dimming us down from our fullest expressions of ourselves. And I think it's so beautiful for us to just take up more space and more space and more space because that's how we rise together. That's how we change globally. So today's soul lesson is don't be the cool chick. <laughs>